podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Welsh Forest Focus. Nine Forest returns to Premier League action tomorrow when they take on a Brentford team who've lost their last five games in a row. Perfect timing for the Reds or the exact opposite with Forest injuries mounting and Ivan Tony back from his gambling ban. We'll discuss that and some team lineups in the company of, first of all, Reds fan Mikey Clark. Morning, Mikey. How are you doing? Morning, Matt. Yep, really good. Thank you. Are you good? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I came to you first because uh, Thames is still eating his breakfast as we're literally hitting go. He's finished it now. He's finished it. Michael Temple, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. I shouldn't laugh at this, I don't think. But I, I saw a tweet about Ivan Tony's declared that he'll make his return for Brentford in Saturday's 2-2 draw with Nottingham Forest. And while slightly inappropriate, it did make me laugh out loud. So, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. I know. Someone sent me on WhatsApp in a group I'm in as well. And exactly the same reaction. But yeah, we, sh- we shouldn't laugh, but we do. But there you go. Uh, before we start, I should give a couple of quick thanks. Uh, thanks to Steve Downs for becoming a member. And yesterday as well, um, we had a £2 donation, which was great. I didn't even see it during the stream from another member called uh, Dabba Jarrell. So thank you for that. I probably said that name wrong, but there you go. Um, Pete Brockwell asks, why is Temps grey before we even start? Is that the camera or just in Stress. general, Pete? Stress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's lots of answers to that question. Right. Um, where shall we start? Just give us some general thoughts on the game, Temps. Like I said at the, at the top there, there's ways where we could be really positive and ways where we could be really negative about it. Where are you at? Well, their, their form's terrible, isn't it? I think they've won one in 10, which was... 3-1 at home against Luton back back in December. So they've had a, a tough run of results. But the talking point and the wild card is the return of Ivan Tony, who they've made captain in the week that he's told everybody that he wants to leave. I don't think that was any secret. I think he realises he's at a junction now where if he's going to make that leap to the top six, then his his, his on-pitch credentials um, suggest that he he might be might be peaking. So that's the that's that's the narrative going into this game, isn't it? How are we going to cope with Ivan Tony? How are we going to cope with the the tactical flexibility of of Thomas Frank? And the one thing that frames this for me is they won the playoff final exactly one year before us, and went about their method of staying in the Premier League and growing in the Premier League through really considered recruitment and that tactical astuteness of Thomas Frank. They've happened across a couple of players who've been consistent goal scorers, which, which obviously helps. But I, I think that the, the the model that they've arrived at, the obsession with XG, the tactical flexibility and the dynamism of their strikers has, has made them really impressive opposition. And one of those clubs who've had a bit of a model for, for others to follow. But the weekend will all be about Ivan Tony, how we deal with Ivan Tony. But I don't think there's there's necessarily anything to fear, aside from the long list of injuries and absentees, which we'll come to discuss in a few minutes' time. Um, Pete's qualified his grey question by saying, "Why is your skin grey, not your hair?" Which is so much better, Pete. Thanks I try and find some new light. So I try and find a different angle. Don't want to offend I, Pete. No, David Jackson did a whole stream the other week in like monochrome grey, looked like some kind of 1930s thing, and that all turned out well. So don't worry, don't worry. Uh, let me just say a few quick good mornings as well. Uh, lots of people with us from all over the world. Uh, Mark says it's the last frosty day. I hope that's right. Uh, who else? Audrey, James, Paul, uh, Vanilla Swingers. <laughs> As you remember, I feel like I have to say that name. But uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, Lyles Taylor's Pink Curls, which I think is Emily's brother. Stephen Downs, Richard, Jason, Phil, uh, Dabba Jabbles here as well. Martin, etc., etc. People from Norway and all around the world. So thanks for being with us. Um, Mikey, how are you feeling about the game? All right, actually, if I'm honest. I think um, the uh, the form of, of Brentford is uh, shocking. And I think if we were going into it with similar form, we'd be terrified. So I think there's nothing to fear whatsoever. Um, they lost in the cup again midweek, didn't they? To Wolves, uh, went to extra time. I know we did as well. So there'll be tired players all around. Um, I'm not. I'm not overly worried. I think they have. Uh, I think the two best players are at Afcon, um, or certainly not available. Um, and then obviously Ivan Tony's coming back. So this is a guy that's not played for a year. And I, I know myself. If I don't do anything for a week or two, I'm really rusty. I know I'm not a professional footballer, but I think the point still remains. If he comes back and is firing on 100% on all four, uh, all four cylinders, I'll be really, really surprised. So 
I'd rather play him now than maybe in a month's time when he's had three or four games and he's up to speed and maybe some of their players are back. So we have absolutely nothing to fear. You know, I've watched quite a bit of Forest content this week, actually, and um, everybody seems to be terrified, but I'm completely the opposite. I genuinely think this is the perfect time to play them. The players are out, they're in terrible form, and their main man hasn't kicked a ball for a year. So if we can't beat them now, then when can we? So I think we should go there with full optimism and full hope. And, and you know, well, let's go for the three points. You know, maybe um, the predicament that we, we find ourselves in with uh, FFP, I'm sure we might talk about that in a bit. I think these are the games we just need to attack because we've got some really tough games coming up. You know, Arsenal at home, I think, is the, is the next one. That's one where you're looking at anything will be a bonus. But this one, these, these are a very, very beatable team in awful form. So I think we should all be positive and go down there and try and get three points. Uh, I'm getting a bit distracted by the comments already today. Sorry. Uh, Pete's now said that you're still looking hot temps, just kind of silvery. I think he, he's backtracking now. <laughs> uh, and also, Vanilla Swingers is actually Miles, uh, who says it's the name of my musical group and my only YouTube account. So good clarification there. Thank you, Miles. Um, where shall we go? Oh, yeah. Just on Tony then, Temps. We shouldn't talk about him too much because, like, people saying the comments is all about him. But Thomas Frank, just to say, has already confirmed that he'll start and captain the team, which I guess is no shock, is it? No, it's no shock. I disagree with Mikey. I think he's got more than four cylinders. I think he is a he's a 16-cylinder <laughs> jobbo, isn't he, when he when he gets going, an, an impressive player. But, yeah, that, that's, um, that, that is the media narrative, and it's, it's, it's grating me a bit as well. I think like Greg's asking if we're tempting fate with um, Tony diving in here and uh, getting a hat trick against Forrest to 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 mark his return. The man management there from Thomas Frank is it right or wrong? I mean, he doesn't appear to me to behave or conduct himself like a captain. He's declared publicly in a media interview that he, he wants to leave for for a big club. So it's it's one of those he's perhaps giving him more responsibility than he deserves because his only true role in the side is the most important one is to score goals. So I, I far too much chat about Ivan Tony. Respect him as a player. Did very well for me in in uh, EPL Dream Team. But um, yeah, we've we we we've, we've got to stop him. Nothing more. There's going to be a player of his of his ilk in ten of the nineteen Premier League teams that we'll we'll play against. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make this um, self-fulfilling by sitting here pumping his tyres for five minutes. How do you feel about the shape we're in there, Mikey? I know you were confident, but um, Gibbs-White is out. Ilanga, we're pretty sure, is out. Um, you know, a few hobbled off at the weekend in uh, Blackpool, but I think they'll all be all right from what we heard initially. And Nuno will probably speak again today if he hasn't already. Um, we're not in the best shape, but you're still feeling you know, upbeat about our, our prospects. Yeah, we're not, but we're in pretty decent form, if you think about it. Mm. So, we won last two Premier League games, very unlucky against um, <clears throat> Bournemouth, of course. So, there's an argument to say we should be three unbeaten in the Premier League, um, certainly. Um, and obviously, got through in the Cup, albeit after a replay. So, I think we're in pretty decent form. We're obviously decimated by um, people going to, to AFCON, of course, but a lot of teams are impacted by that. And I also thought that the guys that came on um, against uh, and showcase their talents against Blackpool in the replay actually did a good job. So Aguilera, for an example, he is a young player that's on the fringes and this is maybe the ideal time to try and get him involved, maybe off the bench. So I genuinely think we're in pretty good shape, albeit slightly injury ravaged. So you just do a bit of a comparison, don't you? You know, I mentioned their front three, two of them are missing. One of them hasn't played for a year. He's not Eric Cantona, by the way. Can people remember when Cantona came back and he was out for, after kicking that fan in the stand? I don't think he's at, he's at that level. If it was him, I'd be I'd be worried. The guy's not played for a year. So with, with, with all due, due respect, if that's the only avenue that they can sort of throw against us and making him captain after he's declared he wants to leave the club, I find really disrespectful. And I think that I... I totally against that but I'm not Brentford I don't dislike them as much as Greg but I've got no no time for them really so I think that's a very bizarre decision to be honest with you um but anyway back to us because that's the important thing I think we're in pretty decent shape and I, and I do think there's a bit of collective spirit about them did anybody notice at the start of the second half we did a, a huddle as well <clears throat> sorry just before the start of the kickoff we did a huddle I've really seen that before at the start of the second half I think I think it was a bit of public display of 
unity from the guys. And I wouldn't mind seeing that again. And I do think they're all putting in shift. Um, and I genuinely think we're in pretty decent shape. I'm really positive about the game on Saturday. I, I genuinely think we can go down there and, and get at least a draw. So I think the debate comes around how we set up and the shape, which we obviously will go into, stopping whatever we perceive as their threats. But I think the mindset has, has shifted now since Nuno's come in. You know, three, four months ago, we might have had a debate around how Steve Cooper was going to set up and basically did 10 minutes on how to stop them. I think the narrative shifted now. We're now going to talk about how we can win the game, even though we're slightly injury ravaged. And I think that's a really positive thing. I think Nuno's come in and brought that positivity with him, him and his coaching staff. So I'm incredibly optimistic. Hey, look, we might go there and lose 4-0 and I'll be on next week and <laughs> say, what was I saying? Um, but as it stands right now, there is nothing that tells me that I've seen in the past three or four weeks with their form and our form in comparison that tells me we can't go there and get something. I don't know what the tapping sound is. I know what people are saying in the comments. I think it might be Mikey's on his phone, so I don't know if it. You're not. He's not sat there tapping his uh, his pen, so I'm, I'm not sure what it is. You might have to mute yourself, Mikey, when you're not talking. I think it might be you. I don't think it's Temps. Well, Temps is muted, and it shouldn't be me because I do these every day. Maybe it is Mikey. Mikey. It'll be me. Right. I know what it is. You know what it is. Okay. Right, well, hopefully that fixes it. So, uh, yeah, sorry for that, everyone. Um, just before we get into our lineups, Temps, is a, are you taking a point now then or not? Or are you going there determined? Well, obviously, you're determined to win. But would you take a point if it was on offer? I don't think that's the new no way. I think what, what has he changed since he's come in? Not personnel. It's attitude, freedom for a particular group of players. So all of a sudden, uh, no coincidence, MGW back in the 10 spot. Elanga, limited defensive responsibility, and we, we find ourselves unlocking teams and having far more chances in games. So, so no, I don't think Nuno's mindful to go out there and, and find a season of 19 Premier League away draws. I think he'd much, much rather have seven wins and, and, and lose a few. And I, I respect that. I've seen the argument for deep and compact and um, low block and... Uh, almost anti-football for a long period of time. I like the facts now that we feel we're, we're better equipped to, to go out there and, and give a better attacking account of ourselves. So, so no, I don't think the message to players will be um, setting up for a draw. Brentford are another team that are happy to be without the ball. They're happy to counter. So perhaps uh, more than most teams in the Premier League will be will be content themselves to, to sit in because they are so effective um, with the, the high recoveries and, and, and turning... Um, a press an aggressive press into a into a counter so i think that we will set up with the back four we we will give freedom to those players we just hope we can get the same um levels from them because in two or three positions then they're not our first picks um mikey same question to you also to attest this this noise see if it's gone yep is that better yeah, that's better. Well done. Yeah. I'll tell you what it is. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so, would you take a draw? Would I take a draw? Um, would I take a draw? Uh, no. And this is coming from me, the most pragmatic, pessimistic person on this podcast, usually. Um, I just genuinely think that there are games during the season where it's the ideal time to play somebody. And I think this is the ideal time to play Brentford. I mean, it would have been more ideal when it was the original date of the fixture and Tony wasn't playing, but he is. But like I said, I don't think we should have anything to worry about. It's a, it's a fantastic player, but it's, it's just one player. So, And he's not played for a year. So <clears throat> I wouldn't take a draw, no. I think we should go there and try and win. Our last two Premier League games, we went to Newcastle, scored three goals, beat them. Man United, 2-1, probably flattered them. So any sort of typical, uh, any sort of replication of that performance, uh, we will end up getting something, and I, I believe it will be good enough for the win. Uh, you, you know, we've got we've got problems with um, Alanga, obviously, with Gibbs White, Tyro is not in, but I still think we've got enough to cause them significant issues going forward. Um, I think the the conversation is more around who we play in the back line. For me, I think we'll I think we'll go there. I think we'll score. I think we'll cause them problems. I think. They'll have the vast majority of possession because they do in most games. But I think that's fine. You know, I don't think we're a team necessarily built for possession anyway. 
Um, but no, I'm I'm really positive. Lindsay's probably going to watch this and come back and, and say, what's gone off with you, <laughs> Mikey? Because I'm not usually this positive. But the more I think about it, the more I'm, I'm just convinced that as long as we set up right and they're all at it, then we'll, we'll come away with something. Uh, a comment from Red Gadger about membership. If you go on the homepage on a, a laptop or via Google on a phone, it should say join. And it should say join under the stream as well. So if you do want to do that, that would be uh, great. If you can't, then just... Um, uh, message me on Twitter or, or email me via our website uh, and we'll sort that out for you. Uh, give a quick plug for our sponsors before we get into our lineups, special videos. You can see what the Trent Nav is all about. It's 14 seconds long if you're listening on audio and not watching, but do get down the nav on Saturday to watch the game if you can. <laughs> Right, let's get into some lineups. Temps is smiling because we're almost looking professional now after a few years of doing this. Almost. I, it, we'll see if we are because I'm about to put the graphics up and see if I've done any right. Um, let's start with Temps's then. I'll put it up on the screen as normal. He can tell me any mistakes I made, but I'll read them out first for people who are listening, not watching. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Turner comes back in goal. A back four of Montiel, Worrell, Murillo, Toffolo. Yates and Mangala sitting and then Danilo in behind Wood with Hudson, Adoy and Dominguez as the wide players. Um, talk us through it as ever, Temps, and I'll throw a, a name or two at you at the end. Yeah, don't be shy. Tell me what you think in the comments. I, I've backed Turner here because uh, Lakodomos hasn't filled me with confidence with, with his positioning. And I think this is a... A well-told narrative, isn't it? But Turner's not comfortable with, with the ball at his feet, but he's he, he's pretty solid, and he's made he's made saves. I, I fear that, um, that, that there have been too many instances now where Lakodomos's positioning has, has just been searched. He hasn't been even in a position to, to to use his hands to make a save. So, I, I am backing Turner for this one. Massive debating point at centre half. We're we're lacking options. Omar Bamadeli comes in against Blackpool, make, makes a really positive account of himself. Is he going to make a Premier League debut though against Ivan Tony? I just think um, Joe Worrell will will ease himself uh, back back in here, and his his leadership and experience will will come to the fore during this period where we're unable to call on Bolly and Niakate. Couple of. Um, Easy calls. I think Yatesy walks into this side after his performance uh, in the in the week. I think Montiel keeps his place at, at right back. Obviously, we're not too concerned about the the Hudson Adoy knock. There was a little bit of fatigue there, and there's a lot of pressure on him to be a creative spark in the absence of uh, Anthony Langer, who we're still led to believe is is four weeks away or more. The blending centre mid is a is a little bit tougher. And I wonder, perhaps, rather than playing this kind of inverted uh, left wing position, if if Dominguez will will come into the centre. I know there's a few calls for Aguilera. I I just think he's a little little bit raw to be the the creative spark um, in that ten position, despite him being far more natural there than Danilo would be. So there's a bit of a make weight at, at number ten because we're led to believe that Gibbs White has this this ab strain. Um, but that's the side I'm going with, and I think there's enough in there to uh, make a good of account of ourselves against Brentford. Um, I think, yeah, Sci-Fi Monkey says in the comments, you know, Murillo is a bit of a doubt, but he's he's so many games he goes down and he looks like he's done and he comes back. So uh, he's a bit of a worry and a bit of a tank. So I think he'll probably be all right. And Omar Bamadeli was, um, was cramp as well. I, I suppose Worrell's the most interesting name that you touched on their attempts is a, a case for McKenna as well. And with no Willy Bolly there as kind of the, the airily dominant one, there's an onus on someone to go in and win some battles. And you're backing Joe to do that, even though we've seen the best of him and the not, not so best of him in the Premier League this season. Yeah, it's 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 Joe versus Omar Bamadeli, isn't it, for for that position. We were surprised to see Omar Bamadeli start in the week because he's been given no airtime whatsoever. Looked very assured, looked very confident on the ball, was happy with the ball at his feet and finished that 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 chance with a, a run at the back stick with with a plum. So wouldn't be surprised to see him get the nod, but that's that's a really young centre half pairing for a Premier League game if he if he goes with it. 
and probably signals the the, the end of, uh, of of Joe's Forest career in a meaningful way if he isn't selected over over Badadeli. So I don't think it'll come to that. I think um, Joe will play. He has had um, some notable instances where he's he's been dominated by a striker, but there've been too many times to mention in the past three years where he's come back in, given a positive account of himself, and been part of a, a positive Forest result. So I'm backing him for this game. Uh, he's not in my team because, well, I think it was a bit of a statement pick by uh, Nuno not picking him because now Omabami Delhi's with us and you kind of think, well, he must have seen enough to mm. to back him. But well, yeah, we'll uh, discuss around that a bit further, perhaps because we'll put Mikey's team up next and then we'll do mine. Excuse me, and I'll read Mikey's out as normal. Um, also, Turner in goal, back four, Montiel, Omabami Delhi, Murillo and Toffolo. Uh, Mangala as kind of the sole number six, and then Danilo and Yates as uh, well, Mikey thoughts, so it's two eights, I guess. Uh, Dominguez and Hudson Adoy wide in support of Chris Wood. Uh, same as ever, Mikey, give us your thoughts, and I'll, I'll throw a name or two at you. Yeah, nice one. Um, people want to comment on this game in the comments, go for it. I'm on my phone today, so I can't see the comments, which is what we're tapping more. So feel free to slate it if you don't agree with it. Um, Similar to Temps, I've gone with a back four, but obviously I'm a ban- oh God, I've, I've practiced this as well. I'm a Bamadeli is in it because he's showing at Blackpool. Um, I thought he was excellent, actually. I thought he was very commanding, very assured. And similar to what Temps just said, you know, if Nuno has seen enough of him in training now, I agree with you, Matt. I think it, it might well have been a statement pick and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he starts this game. So that's my back four. Slightly different shape to tents and let me try and explain my thinking a little bit so i liked what they did at blackpool so mangala was playing sort of 10 yards deeper wasn't he getting the ball off the back four spraying it moving it quickly which is key and i think he's really comfortable in that position uh, and then you almost had a four didn't you so you had hudson Adore and dominguez wide danilo and yates as, as, as matt was saying kind of two eights bombing up and down I really like the way that worked. It looked good. And I think Brentford's shape, I've, I've been looking at this, they've played a back three stroke back five in most of the last, what's in the last three games. I just think that would lend it to stopping those wing backs going forward and push those wing backs back into a back five. Um, my only slightly different, other than that tweak of shape from what Thames was saying is I'd actually have Dominguez on the, on the right hand side. So he can link up with his uh, international counterpart, Montiel. I think there's a, there's a making of a really strong partnership there. And I really like Dominguez. He's um, he's proven to be a very, very important player for us. He, he's not your archetypal inside forward, is he? he, he but I, then again, I don't think he's a sitting midfielder. I don't really know what he is, but he's a very good footballer. That's for certain. So I think he's he's inked in at the moment. I'd have Callum Hudson-Odor on the left. I think cutting in. Is where he shows most promise. He had a frustrating time on Wednesday, but there's definitely a player in there. So I'd keep him in the team, join him up with Toffolo down that left-hand side, and then obviously big Chris Wood up front. But I think that looks to me really solid for when they have the ball, and they will have the most of the ball. So if you, if you think about Dominguez dropping back to help Montiel, Callum dropping back to help Toffolo, you almost go a 4-1-4-1. Um, and that leads us nicely to, to breaking quickly with those two eights. So I see far more positives in that setup than maybe trying a back three, for example, and matching them up like for like. Um, I'll throw one name at each of you, actually. So neither of them are in the team, but people have discussed them in the comments. Um, the first one for you, Mikey Aguilera, a few people saying that he he should start. Um, what, what do you think about that after the uh, yeah, a very good cameo against Blackpool. I'm not devaluing them as a League One team because I don't think that's yeah, they would they played well on the on the tie. So there's a lot to like about Aguilera, but is it too soon to throw him into a Premier League start? He looked bright, didn't he? I kind of agree with the comments. He looked really bright. He surprised me actually. Um don't really know what I was expecting. I saw him at Notts County pre-season. It's about it really. Um he look he looks like a, a nice little tidy footballer. If it was a home game, I'd be tempted to throw him in but away at Brentford on a Saturday night I think now's probably just the time to keep him included keep him in the squad get him travelling on the bench maybe an option 10-15 minutes left if we want to do something a bit different but I think the key is uh, inclusivity I'll try to get my words out then just keep him in and around that squad so he's getting used to it and then when his time comes 
but let's be honest, it might be sooner the way they're dropping like flies. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he features slightly heavier in the Arsenal game uh, because that's one where we may be chasing the game and we may need to do something different. But um, wouldn't be adverse to him starting. But for me, I think I agree with Temps. I think Danilo plays um, if Gibbs White is out, which it sounds like he is, and we, we're pretty sure Alanga's out as well. So yeah, Aguilera, keep him, keep him around. He looks looks like a nice little talent. Uh, yeah, I'd keep him on the bench. Hurts and Adoy didn't play particularly well, but we're we're really short on natural wingers. I mean, he's our only one, and I think he, he's a confidence player. And uh, oh, he looks like I don't know him, but he looks like it. So if you take him out now, I think that'll be a knock. And the game after this is Bristol City in the cup, and that feels right for an Aguilera start for me. So I'd be waiting on that. Um, thanks to Trevor Clark for becoming a member as well. Appreciate that, Trevor. The other name I'll throw at you, Temps, who's not playing is Lakodimos. I mean, Turner's in all three of our teams, but a few people in the comments, quite a few, are still picking the Codemos, and Mark was as well uh, on Wednesday's stream, even though he's not a particular fan of either of them. Um, is it nailed on Turner for you, or can you make a case for the Codemos? I, I can make a case because we've flip-flopped all year, haven't we? we we've, we we're completely aware now what we've got in the goalkeeping position. We've got two players who are limited in very different ways. I listened to a podcast in which um, T- Turner described how he hadn't kicked a football till he was 16 years old. He'd always been a you know, student athlete and ex- extremely athletically gifted. But uh, acquiring that skill <clears throat> at, at that age is, is, is tough to do. And it, it shows he, he, he hasn't shied away from that. So we've, we've just got to hide that sort of hide the need for him to be part of a, a, a triangle of passers at the foot of the pitch. Who are trying to break that first line? He's got to he's got to take his goal kicks long, or find a way to bring Mangala in earlier in the phases, uh, and not be the not be the, the the pivot who's going to be spraying it left and right. Neither of them are the answer, and this is what the goalkeeping debate will come back to again and again and again. If we could make a positive change in that position, we absolutely would. Would that's written on every notebook in from every member of staff in the football department at Forest must find a better keeper. Brentford are suffering a little bit from it now, like having lost Raya, who was such a key component of, of, of their, their success. Brees Samba was a key component of our success because despite being stark raving mad, he could ping a football. He had strong wrists. He could save penalties and he'd pull off saves that you didn't expect him to make. So neither of the answer but the man for now is Turner because he has a presence between the sticks. His positioning is good. His hands are good. Just a terrible kicker. Yeah, that's a good point. A good point you made about Flecken as well and the loss of Raya and how it's impacted um, Brentford. He hasn't really made you know much of an impact there as well. Right, I'll put my team up. It's it's pretty different, to be honest, to both the lads and anything we've seen from Nuno before. Uh, so I'll read it out and then I'll give some thoughts and they can tell me how wrong I am. So... Uh, it's Turner in goal, a back three of Omobamadeli, Scott McKenna and Murillo. And then uh, proper genuine win backs in Montiel and Toflo, Mangala and Yates sitting. And then Danilo and Dominguez in behind Wood. So obviously a back three is different and we haven't seen that from Nuno, but he did play it all, almost all the time at Wolves. So um, I wouldn't be completely stunned if he did it. Scott McKenna will be in there for me as the best header of the ball we've got left. We know Willie Bolly, Brentford are like a different beast at set pieces. They're the best set piece team or one of the best set piece teams in the league. So that's why he's in there. Um, it's not not really to do with Ivan Tony. It's more defensive set pieces than anything. Um, Mangala, I, I, I really hope we don't sell him. I know we probably need to sell someone, but he just keeps us ticking over in midfield. He made us pass the ball quicker, I thought, on Wednesday and move the ball faster. Uh, Yates has, Mikey said, a really good game. And then Danilo and Dominguez for their pressing and their energy. I think could cause um, Brentford problems. They're low on confidence. Uh, so if we really get about them and put them uh, under pressure, then I think that would work. Uh, and then Chris Wood up front, obviously. The only reservation is, and this is a mistake that well, you know, I think Steve Cooper got into and I'm falling into it, is trying to cover our negatives rather than accentuate our positives. So obviously, like Mark was saying on Wednesday, um, we've provided the blueprint to beat us because you see that we're not good in the air defensively. We've got keepers as well. The Colomos is glued to his line. Turner's a bit better, I think, which is another reason why Turner's in for me, that he will come and try and grab something. He did that well at Man United, against Man United after his Rick. You know, he was still 
brave in that sense to come and get the ball. So uh, that's why I've gone for him. So I'm not even con- totally convinced by this team, but it's something different. Uh, and I think there's sort of a, a decent argument to be made for it, even if it's only a kind of a, a one and done thing for Scott McKenna just to cope with Brentford's aerial threat. Um, any questions, any comments, either of you chaps? And then I'll look at the comments while you uh, while you talk. I've got a quick one for you. So uh, are you going for a point, Matt? It looks like that looks like a no. <clears throat> pragmatic lineup, are you not? No, at all. I think, okay, so Cooper, I think Steve Cooper, one of his faults uh, was the wing-backs weren't wing-backs, they were full-backs. But if they, we've seen Toflo can get forwards and Montiel we know can get forwards. So I think you have to, if they genuinely push on, then I think um, that can cause them problems. Uh, Pete points out I didn't want to drop Hudson Adoy uh, in the comments. Yeah, that is one of the downsides of it. I'm dropping a player who um, who is a confidence player, but you have to sacrifice one of the forwards. And I like the industry of Danilo and Dominguez. Like Dominguez is our most important player, but I think that that we're not going to score many goals. But I think that's got a, that poses a different threat without the craft and guile of of Gibbs White like we saw Dominguez and Yates pressing errors on Wednesday so no if it was a Steve Cooper team then I'd say I'd agree like yeah that's a team to get a point but I think the way Nuno plays sets us out to be positive something like that with a back three can still go and win the game I think how do you just one more from me how do you feel that fans would react to us setting up like that and the, the reason I ask that question is they're obviously on a bad run so is there a thought process that says if they start on the back foot or a bit negative the fans might get on the back but that that team looks to me that you'd, you'd really need those two eights to press wouldn't you to make that happen otherwise it's just going to be like for like and it's got a nil nil written all over it that one is, is it not a case that we be a little bit more positive because of the run they're on yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think the mindset's like I think you're dead right. We have to go out there and attack and try and throw, you know, put them on the back foot. Um, more so the team than the fans. I, mean, I don't watch for any Brentford, obviously, but I think their fans are a bit like our fans in the sense they fully back their manager who's on a pretty horrible tear. So, but if we go there and score the first goal, then yeah, absolutely, I can see what you're saying. Um, thanks to Dean Truman for becoming a member, and thanks for the comments on my team, which is sort of. Mixed as expected, but a few people backing me, which is nice. Matt, Matt, the, the, bit I, the bit I'd take you on with is if, if we were going to play three centre-halves, would we do it at a time when two of our best centre-halves are in Africa and one of them's crocked? I just think that that's, that's a position we, we joked about at the start of the season with the embarrassment of riches, or embarrassment of numbers, numbers at least. And I, I just feel now we've got a central defensive crisis, it's perhaps not the time to, to load that particular position that's that's the kind of fundamental question i took you uh yeah i think that's fair um neil's asking if it's three left-footed centre-backs on with Amadelli's right foot isn't he i think i think he is i'm not sure yeah um it is yeah it's a bit different and you're right i think one of the uh, you one of the things cooper did well when he came in and nuno's done is playing to players' strengths isn't it like saying you can do this you can't we know what you can do we know what we what you can't do, let's be good at what you can do. So if we say to Omar Bamadeli and um uh, Murillo, look, let's put our foot on the ball, let's pass it, then then yeah, absolutely. I think I it is me picking from a position of weakness and knowing that neither of them are good in the air. Like, I mean, obviously we're gonna pick Murillo, but are you do you have any worries about him, Mikey? Um defensively, you know, the ball in, into the box. We saw it that horrible Blackpool second goal, and we've seen it a few times this season. He's not the best in the air, is he? No, no, I know what you mean. That is a something he needs to work on. But he's he's only a young player, and I think his his positives far outweigh his negatives. So yeah, I know very important for a centre back to be able to head the ball. Right? I absolutely understand that, as it is for a goalkeeper to be able to kick it. Right, but we're we're working with what we've got, and as Temps quite rightly says, you know, we've got we haven't got that embarrassment of riches at centre back anymore. So Murillo in particular is absolutely inked in for that team as long as he stays fit, certainly for the next month. And I just think you have to sort of navigate around some of the stuff that he can't do. There's no doubt he'll, he'll be training, he'll be trying to understand their threats and uh, you know they'll be drilling set pieces and all that sort of stuff. And pl- 
players will improve as they get older. That's that's just a fact. And, and like I said, you know, his positives far outweigh his negatives. So um, there is probably an argument as well to say play somebody very dominant alongside him. As you were saying, Matt, maybe in your back three, Scott McKenna, for example. Um, but again, you're just looking at deficiencies, aren't you? And you're picking players because of stuff that other players can't do. And I, I think we've kind of flipped that mindset now, which is why I went for Omabamadeli next to Murillo, because I thought they struck up a really nice partnership. They're ball players, and obviously we want to try and play from the back as much as we can. I know we've got an issue with the, the goalkeeper passing, but as much as we can. Um and I just think that could be our back four, for example, for the next for the next few games. So, no, let's not have a go at Murillo. What he brings to the table is far more than what he can't do. Believe me, you take somebody like that outside, we'll we'll really struggle because he kicks off off the, off the goals. Remember the Newcastle goal, Chriswood picked a thirty yard pinged a pass. He's a brilliant footballer, so we we should support him um, and make sure that he's a mainstay of that team. Yeah, we won't have him for long, I don't think, because he's so good on the ball. He's such a top modern centre half that yeah, and you can cover deficiencies around his heading. Uh, I'm sure, um, definitely. Ben asks why I keep saying if Hudson is always a confidence player. I don't know that mentally particularly, but he's had a load of injuries, and he looks like someone to me who needs to run a game to get back to his best and being in and out of the team. Um, you know, it doesn't help him. And it, it, I mean, he does look to me like a confidence player in his body language, but I might be um, wrong about that. Right. Any final thoughts on the game, Temps, before we before we wrap up with any other business? No, nope, just want to see attacking intent. Yeah. Good. And don't we all? Don't we all? Well, I do. I've just picked a team that probably lacks it. But yeah, I'm not not I'm not dying on the hill of that theme. Certainly, I can see the see the merits of every other, of the team that you boys picked. Um, Mikey, uh, anything on the game? Anything you want to add? Are you want to talk about um, FFP a bit? I've given everyone a bit of a forum to have their say on it, apart from Mark, actually. Uh, but I don't think he was too fussed. Um, but yeah, any takes you want to offer on it? Yeah, just just quickly. Last thing on the game, Callum Hudson Adore. They um, horrible. They some some of their fans when he was in Germany, I think, nicknamed him the Ghost because he disappeared. And I think that's testament to the fact that he probably is a confidence player because that wasn't the player that was at Chelsea, the player that was linked to Bayern Munich for sixty seventy million pounds. So he's one that I think. Once he gets a goal or a couple of assists and gets on a run and has six to eight games in the team as a mainstay, I think he'll you'll see his benefit. And I, I just genuinely think we just need to believe in him at this point in time. I know there was a bit of criticism with him after his Blackpool performance, but um, I think he's, like you said, Matt, we've not really got any, any other wingers, have we? So he's going to get a run of games and we just need to support him because there's definitely a player in there, without a doubt. Um, so that's the last thing on the game for FFP. Yeah, um, I know. What's interesting is that I've I've tried to educate myself since all this broke, or since you know we, we started getting whispers of it. And I'm not an accountant, so I, I can't go into specifics. And I noticed on on this um, on Forest Focus, you've had a lot of opinions throughout the week, um, differing opinions, all valid in their way they were put forward. I think. Where I am is quite definitive. I'm just really disappointed, if I'm honest. I don't want to put a down on it. I just want to give you 30 seconds. I'm really disappointed because if our main argument or our only argument was we could have sold somebody um, in a different time period which would have got us in there, why are we even in this position? Because what happens if he would have broke his leg in training or wouldn't have gone there? You know, Surely the guardrails and the system and the structure that you operate in should tell you that not just to rely on one thing. When you get close to a certain level, you need to put the brakes on. So, you know, you, you, cash your, you cash your mind back to January when we gave Ayu a massive sign on contract and probably a house. You know, we, we bought Shelby for four million, gave him a massive contract, then just paid him off, probably. Um, Chris Wood, 15 minutes. Did, did we need to do any of this? <clears throat> if we were that close, and that was our main argument, why didn't we just say, do you know what? Let's not even risk it. Let's just stay within the confines. My other, my other thought in my head was, we talk about having constant dialogue with the powers that be, right? So if we thought this was a valid argument, and I understand there's nuances and, and nothing's ever as simple as this, but in my head, I'm thinking, why didn't we say, do you know what? We've received a £30 million bid for one of our players. We're going to turn it down because we believe in six to eight weeks' time or whatever it was, we're going to get... 30% more. K 
can we do that? Yes or no? If there was a yes, great, not a problem. If there was a no or an indifference or not an answer, we shouldn't have done it. Now, we can't just pick an arbitrary date where we could have potentially solved a player, maybe. Does, you know, my limited understanding is it doesn't really work like that. So I just don't understand why we didn't come to a solution to say, look, we're not getting the best feedback from the powers that be that we can do this. So let's not do it. Let's not do it. Let's not sign off this spending. Just don't risk it because you've seen what they've done to Everton. We don't want that doing to us. So let's just not do it. Let's just be sensible. And yes, it means not having those extra one or two players, but we've bought 78 million already, so we don't need any more. You know, maybe we should look at that before we start looking at this. So I just think decisions were, were taken from what I can see that just didn't, they were too risky, just didn't make any sense. I don't know why we went down that avenue unless we were very, very confident that they said to us, you can do this. Now, obviously, they probably didn't because they charged us. So it goes back to the question, why Why did we do it? But hey, look, it's all happened. No doubt we'll get a punishment, we'll appeal it, it'll all come out in the wash. What What's interesting to me now is how we go forward. We have to learn from this. We have to be more strategical in our thinking and make sure that we're not even sailing close to the wind. I hate that phrase. We shouldn't be anywhere near it. Once we get 5 or 10% to it, that should be it. Done change freeze, whatever you call it at work. We don't do any, anything like that anymore. No more players go out. Nothing happens. Because we can't be in this situation again because it's it's demoralising for the players, the fans. We could be in a situation where we're nine points clear of relegation and we still don't know if we stayed up. I mean, that's just not... It, it's not right. So my overall... I said 30 seconds. I've done two minutes. Sorry, Matt. I'm just disappointed that we're in this situation and it was totally avoidable um, and... I just it, it just it just frustrates me. So let's just hope that this lawyer that we've got in can argue the case. Let's hope that the dialogue was clear and we can prove that they gave us a little bit of encouragement that we could do that. Because if not, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to take our punishment, suck it up, and take it and just get on with it. So that's that's where I'm at with FFP. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it was good. I don't think strategical is a word. That was my takeaway from it. But is it <laughs> it's not? A good, uh, strategic? I think is the word. <laughs> Oh dear! All my business meetings, then I've been saying that for years. <laughs> oh, it's a very business thing. I could see Temp saying that in some Trent Bridge meeting. Uh, but no, he's shaking his head behind the scenes. Just before we go, or go to any other business, uh, while Mikey's used his up, I'll just throw two questions at Temp and Mikey really quickly because I know we're we're going on a bit. Um, it's quite interesting. We sort of touched on this, but Lee Tilson questions the panel: uh, Nuno converted Connor Cody from a midfield to a centre back. Could he do that? Twenty-one at Forest. Uh, Ryan Yates is the example he points out. Just really quickly, is there anyone, uh, any name that either of you could think of in that bracket, Yates or otherwise? Yates, he could do it. He's done it, hasn't he? He's got all the facets to be a, a, a more of a ball-playing um, centre-half. He's dynamic. He's he's hard. He's, he's one versus one defending. He's good. Doesn't shy away from a tackle. You wonder how many yellow cards he'd rack up if he was that, that little bit more defensively minded and you'd l- lose his energy in the in the middle of the park but I, I think Yates is definitely an example of a of a player that could bring the, the 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 more dynamic element of a central midfielder into that that part of the the pitch and I think we're perhaps two injuries away from from seeing that I can't think of too many others I think um Nico is definitely an option to for a, a more advanced winger without defensive responsibility if if there was an issue with Hudson Adoy or a drive to play two more natural wingers. I think we've his days as a as a starting right back are behind him. Um, prob- probably would see even more from him if he had no disp- defensive responsibility and was a winger rather than a than a wing back. They're the two that that spring to mind. It's not it's not straightforward. There's there's could you know could he do it in an emergency and. There's, would you want him to do it on an ongoing basis for 10, 15 games? But Connor Cody certainly a positive example and, and that earned him an international call-up, didn't it, after making that switch? Yeah, Cody was quite a specific example as well because it was like a lack of mobility and they needed someone who was good on the ball playing a three. And Yates, he could do that, I think. He's more more mobile but not as good on the ball. Um, I mean, the only name, this doesn't happen anymore unless you're Gary Bertles and you play for Grimsby at the back. But um, it's, because it's the Premier League, it's so hard to convert players. But 
years gone by, you might have seen like a Chris Wood end up going backwards to play a year at centre half or something, but that would not happen in the Premier League. Um, and you know, there's no money in it for him, but uh, no, I can't think of any answer to be honest. I'm just throwing a name out there to, to offer something with Wood, but I don't really believe that myself. Mikey, anything from you? I think Murillo could go the opposite way, so he's yeah, centre back, yeah. he's such a good footballer, and with those 360 degree vision that he's got, left, right, up, down, I think he, I could see him playing almost like a Casemiro role in front of the back four because his passing is astonishing at times. So I think as he as he matures as a footballer, you can probably stick him anywhere. But I, th- I think at the moment, centre back is probably his best position for us. But if you told me in two, three years' time he's playing defensive midfield for Real Madrid, I'd probably go, yeah, I can see that. He's good enough. Uh, the other one, Greg Orman was asking about when we'll see transfer movement. I think we'll see um, players leave before anyone comes in. And it's just so difficult to sell anyone now, isn't it? I mean, we're so short of bodies. So you can wait right till the end of the window because of that. You might get a couple back from AFCON early, but then you're rushing deals through as well. So I imagine this is going to be a really quiet, um, quiet window until the last minute and we might sign a couple... Uh, striker or winger that was mentioned on deadline day. Sounds like we're not signing a keeper, but I don't know, Temps, do you think we're going to see any more than a couple in because of the circumstances around injuries in AFCON? We'll, we'll clear out the likes of Alex Mighton and, and one or two others who, who aren't going to get a look in, but but no, they, they can't be a, a revolving door. You, you wonder if something might break in that in that goalkeeping position because while, while we're debating these players, they've they've, they've got a level. There'd be European clubs that would start both of those players every week. Aguilar is an interesting one. I didn't get a chance to, to, to dive in on this earlier, but I hope he gets minutes from the bench. I think it was a really encouraging cameo. If he's not going to get minutes from the bench, if he's not going to get 15 minutes in the 10 spot, if he's not going to get the chance to start that cup game against Bristol City, for example, then he needs a loan because I think preparing him for English football with a top-end championship side would be a, a really positive mood, but move um, Felipe. What what's happening there? There'll 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 be some surprises that there always are, but the um, the, the eyes on us in a in a in a financial sense more more than ever. So we have to be extremely cautious. The PR machine has already told us all there's going to be more uh, outs than ins, and I, I support that entirely. To to Mikey's point earlier, that's entirely logical and what we need to do because. There'll be a, a far deeper review and a far more frenetic period of transfers in the in the summer. I don't think there's going to be any left field crazy bid for any of our crown jewels. The Gibbs Whites, Marillos of this world are gonna gonna stay put. The one that's gonna benefit us the most is Taiwo back on the grass today and uh, yeah, hopefully back in a red shirt before too long. Yeah, just quickly before we go, Mikey, I suppose. We, we, I mean, we said this yesterday, Greg and Emily. I was saying we don't have many hugely sellable players in terms of value. It's really Gibbs White, Murillo, and Awanyi would be the three standout names that come into my head. And we can't sell any of those this window, can we? So we're not going to generate enough funds to to do big business, I imagine. Yeah, no, I agree with Temps. <clears throat> I don't think you see any any of that this window. Um, you've also got to remember the outlay that we paid on these players. Certainly Gibbs White, for example, it was north of, what, 40 million, I think. So that will um, incur over a certain amount of years. So even if you sold him for a similar amount of money, you're just sort of breaking even, aren't you? So there's, there's a lot of things that you have to consider with that as well, which is why selling an academy product, you know, be it a Brennan Johnson or something, is straight to the bottom line isn't it because it's pure profit whereas you know if you're going to invest on somebody like a Gibbs White you probably want a hell of a lot of money back to make it worthwhile and why would you sell you well, he's pretty much captain now isn't he when Yates doesn't play why would you sell your most creative player who we've been talking about missing so much so I can't really see anything happen I, I kind of agree with you guys I think it'll be quite a quiet window I think there's probably a nervousness around the club to, to be seen not to be reckless I think going forward after what's what's happened to us and I think also there's only really two areas where we we're crying out for some new blood which is the goalkeeper and maybe somebody to help Tyler or from you know we don't need four midfielders or you know we've already got four right backs we don't need another one of them you know there's not that desire or that need to bring in a, a, a huge amount of players and therefore it's all about who you can let go and who you can shift out so you've got players on the periphery 
um, like uh, Horvath, the goalkeeper, for example, Alex Martin, who's come back. You know, what, you know, is Dennis still in Turkey? Is he coming back? I don't know. So there's a few players that are not featuring, but are still on the books that maybe we can look to then um, push out through a bit of wages that if we did want to make a move right at the end for a goalkeeper, for example, um, then that could give us the, the scope to do it. But like I said, I think it's going to be, the market's going to be dead, I think, up until maybe the final few hours, if I'm honest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right. Uh, we've gone on a bit longer than I expected there. So thanks to the chaps for their time as ever. 350 people with us. Very much appreciated. Uh, do us a favour. And if you haven't already, hit like and uh, subscribe to the channel or give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word in general. All very much appreciated as ever. Uh, Temps, anything you want to add? Otherwise, thank you very much. Cheers, Matt. I'm just going to go off and research the vanilla swingers, I think. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Uh, Mikey, thank you very much. Thank you. If anyone likes cheese, right, it's just something to end on. Um, I bought Where's some cheese from, honestly, I bought some cheese from a guy called Stu, who's the cheese trader on Twitter. I'm going to retweet it. Big Forest fan. Um, it, it did me nice. I'm not a huge cheese fan, but Lindsay loves it. And the cheese was amazing. So if anybody likes cheese, this guy has his own shop in York and his cheese is ace. So I'm, I'm going to retweet it after this. So please get in touch with him. Thank you for that incredibly Alan Partridge-esque uh, <laughs> trailer. <laughs> Smell my cheese. <laughs> uh, well, partridge note to end on. <laughs> um, oh, just really quickly, uh, I, one of the first team I covered was Nuneaton Borough, then Nuneaton Town, and they went bust again yesterday, um, which is ridiculous. You know, it's been, well, in my opinion, they've been badly run for a very long time. And to, for a football club to go bust and a community to lose, you know, its football team is a real shame. I don't know. Nothing to do with um, with Forest, but, you know, we all value uh, the football clubs that we support um, massively for what they do for our lives. So it's a great shame for those people to lose, lose their team at, um, at any level. So, yeah, disappointing news, certainly. Right. Uh, like I say, thanks for the, the, um, the chaps. Stu is in the comments. Very grateful for his uh, cheese victory there today. Um, yeah, we shall be back tomorrow with um, Mark and Chris Aylmer to do the Brentford post-match stream. And then Monday is Kelvin Wilson and uh, Temps. You're doing it, aren't you, Temps? On Monday? Yeah, mate. See you Monday. Yes, uh, Monday at one o'clock with um, Kelvin and Temps to review the Brentford game and then I'll work out the plan from there. But in the meantime, thanks for your company, everyone. Uh, hopefully you can join us tomorrow, but have a good day if not, and we shall see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.